Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Friday, November 20th edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be giving you my thoughts here on week 11 in the Circus Sports Million, the NFL betting contest from Circa Sports, 27, 22, and 1 on the season. Coming off of my worst week of the year, going 1 and 4, looking for a bounce back here in week 11. Over at ATS.io, picks and predictions for this weekend. A lot of college football games have been canceled already, but a lot of them still being played. You can read up on those over at ATS.io. And of course, check out what's going on in the NFL for this weekend as well. Some great sportsbook promotions being offered at PointsBet this week. A good UFC 255 promotion over at DraftKings. Bet $1, win $100 in free bets over at BetMGM if you sign up as a new user. If a touchdown is scored in any game here on Sunday in the NFL, read up on those sportsbook promotions every week over at ATS.io. Probably going to have an update on some William Hill promotions today as well. Lots of stuff going on, lots of sportsbooks angling for your business and what that means for you is that you can get those great deposit and welcome bonus offers that we have listed over at ats.io as well as taking advantage of a lot of those different sportsbook promotions that are out there lastly here before we start diving into the show i want to remind you to download the ats app which you can find in the google play store in the apple store and find links to that over at ats.io Now, it can be kind of difficult to find gambling apps in the Apple Store and the Google Play Store uh, just because, you know, Google still has some level of restrictions in terms of what they do offer up out there. So it is a little bit hard to find the app, but if you search against the spread, you'll probably have better results than if you search ATS. Or as I said, on your mobile device, just go to ATS.io. In the top navigation bar, click on ATS app, then you'll find the links to download those with either your Android device or your iOS device. It's a bet tracker, stats, odds, trends, information, a very extensive database there. We've got betting model premium selections now in the ATS app as well. And of course, just all around, a great tool to have at your fingertips, article integration from ATS.io. Tons of great stuff in that app. Make sure you download it and check it out. And also too, you can play the free streaker contest in the ATS app, possibly win yourself some cash here this weekend as well. All right, one more thing here before I dive into my thoughts for week 11 in the Circa. Next week will be a very busy week early on for me. We'll be recording two shows on Monday. The first will be my college football power ratings, box score nuggets, games I like against the market, my college football solo update, on Monday. That will be posted Monday morning. Monday afternoon, I will be recording with Kyle Hunter of huntersportspicks.com and then releasing that show on Wednesday. So um, look, we're going to talk a lot of college football or college basketball, excuse me, on that show. Some things you want to look at, coaching changes, tempo changes, things that we look for in terms of handicapping college hoops, stuff like that. We'll probably be a little bit lighter on the college football side this time around. Just because we're recording Monday afternoon, lines will be on the move. That show not getting released until Wednesday because I still want to release a show a day next week, even though we've got that Thanksgiving holiday. So recording twice on Monday, 
my solo show, and then with Kyle Hunter to be released on Wednesday. And then on Tuesday, I'll record with Brian Blessing. We'll talk about the Thanksgiving games in the NFL and the rest of the card. And then I'll record in the afternoon with Brad Powers from bradpowersports.com. College football and the NFL there with him. And I'll release that show on Thursday morning. So I know a lot of people maybe not seeing their families for the holidays. So that'll give you something to do while you're sitting around at home. Or if you are going to visit your family and friends, well, you can listen to that on the way with a full week of ATS radio. And on Friday, I'll do the circus segment as normal. So again, like I said, recording early with Kyle Hunter and Brad Powers. So lines will move. I'm throwing that out there right now. And we will remind you of that a lot on those two shows. Also not going to do any highlight videos from those shows because you know we may talk about a game and the line may move a few points or get canceled from COVID or something like that. So we'll just be bringing you audio next week, all five days during the holiday week right here on ATS Radio. All right, so with that, we get into the circuit discussion here for week 11. As I said, one and four last week, 27, 22, and one on the season. And, you know, sometimes in this contest, you run bad. Sometimes you just handicap poorly. And that's what it was for me last week. Should have been two and three, but Nick Chubb steps out at the one-yard line with a clear touchdown to cover that number. Uh, Kind of is what it is. You know, I mean, you could say he made the correct football decision because then they just took knees and won the game. Crazy things can't happen if he scores and they're up by 10 and all that kind of thing. But, you know, it was an okay handicap. The Browns did outgain the Texans very well on a yards per play standpoint. But a lot of that was also the 59-yard run from Chubb to put the game away. So maybe just not a good handicap when you kind of boil it all down. Uh, but again, you know, bad week for me. You really can't have a lot of bad 0-5, 1-4 weeks in this thing unless you've created a high margin for error. And I really haven't done that to this point. I'm content with where the season is so far. But the problem, of course, is that you know, in a contest like this, you've got to be 65% to really have a shot at being in the money. It was up around 60% going into last week. A bad week you know, kind of brings things down a little bit. But we'll see if I can bounce back here in week 11. Also, our other entry, ATS.io-1, also 1-4, and 27-23, and 23 on the season. So I'm ATS.io-2. Our other entry is ATS.io-1. The field last week, 46.17%, third straight losing week. And in fact, over the last three weeks here, the field is at 44.56%. So things started out quite nicely for a lot of NFL betters early on. The tide has turned, to say the least here, over the last three weeks. Sportsbooks have done very well contestant players have not done very well and again usually that's kind of a wisdom of crowds type of thing with the way that the selections break down in this contest so the public has not done well the last three weeks the books have definitely done well the last three weeks top five consensus two and three last week seven and seven on the year top five consent or seven and seven last week excuse me top five consensus 27 and 23 for the season 74 71 and three for the consensus, the most selected side in each individual game. For the full season, 50.05% for the field, only on the plus side by 164 picks. So that could change here in week 11 if the field does poorly. Piper's picks dash two, leading the third quarter here at 10-0. and 0. Uh, The app wasn't fully updated when I wrote the article, so I missed that. 
My apologies to Piper's picks for being 10 and 0. Handful of entries here at 9 and 1. As far as the full season goes, Presence Dash 2, the leader, 38 points. Presence Dash 1 and Sunny San Diego Dash 1 in second place with 36 and a half. Chicken Dinner Dash 1, Presence Dash 3, Sheila's Boys Dash 1 tied for fourth with 35.5. So Presence in line to make a hell of a lot of money here in the Circus Sports Million uh, with, you know, we'll see what happens here over the remaining weeks in this contest. Over in the Super Contest, 49.72% last week. However, the Browns pushed in the Super Contest. That line was three instead of three and a half. They were the most popular side in the field. So if that line was three and a half instead of three, the Super Contest field would have been well below 500. But with that coming in as a push, it did kind of change things quite a bit. The top five consensus last week, there was a tie for the fifth most popular side, Broncos and Cardinals. They split. So I graded the top five consensus as three, two, and one. I hate that for record keeping. We're going to have an extra game all year long now. Uh, The consensus last week, six, seven, and one. For the season here, 25, 25, and one for the top five consensus, 74, 67, and four for the consensus on this season. And, you know, as I handicapped this week 11 card, I have to say, and and maybe I kind of sound like a broken record at times here, it's tough for me to like an NFL card. It, It really is. I think I see things a lot clearer in the college football betting market. There are a lot more opportunities to find games to play. The NFL market is very tough. There have been weeks where I've liked the NFL market. This is not one of them. In fact, I like quite a few totals this week. I like Miami and Denver under, Rams and Bucks under, but I'm waiting on that total to go up a little bit as we get some more public money. I'll play the under on that one on Monday. Uh, Atlanta and New Orleans, I did like the over, but now New Orleans going with Taysom Hill instead of Jameis Winston at quarterback, which for the life of me, I can't figure out. But there are some totals I do like this week. But of course, the Circa is sides only. So lots of leans, very few things I like enough to call them picks. There will be some hoping and praying this week. This is not a card that I'm seeing well. I'm going to have to make some plays that I don't necessarily like a whole lot to get to the mandatory five plays in this contest. So, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those weeks where you know, I'm not seeing things well. And, and part of that could be, and I've talked about this a lot here on, on past shows, both for ATS and for Bang the Book, you get a massive crisis of confidence when you're coming off of a bad week, a bad run, something like that. And here lately in the Circa, you know, it was treading water for a while. And then last week, that one and four, and it really rattles you. You know, it really shakes your confidence and your ability to see things clearly in a market that you know is very tight, is very efficient. So, you know, I'm having some difficulty here with the card for this week. Uh, We'll see, you know, if I'm able to pull out uh, some pretty good results or if it winds up being uh, another disappointing week for me. But with that being said, as far as very likely picks go, and I again, I have to throw out the caveat here, the disclaimer that, you know, look, our picks aren't due to our proxy until 4 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. Lots of time left to decide what I want to do here, about 29 hours in advance of when the picks are due. And COVID is a thing around the NFL here. Of course, Miles Garrett, uh, he's on the COVID list now for the Browns. He won't play this week. There are several other teams impacted by COVID, the Chiefs being one of them at the tackle position. Uh, you know, and obviously there could be some positive tests as we head on into the weekend as well. So 
COVID a big deal, injuries a big deal, all those kinds of things, waiting for some of that dust to settle. So again, the picks aren't due until 4 p.m. Eastern time. And with this COVID year, we have been waiting until the absolute last minute to get those picks put into the ledger. All right. So we start here with the Packers, number 14 in the Circus Sports Million rotation order. They are plus one and a half against the Indianapolis Colts. I think this is my favorite play of the week for now. It's very close with the other likely pick that I'll talk about here in a couple of minutes. But look, the fact of the matter is Aaron Rodgers goes indoors now. And I think Aaron Rodgers in this passing game can put a lot of pressure on the Colts and force them into passing situations to keep pace with Phillip Rivers. Now, the Colts' defense does grade extremely well, and maybe they're for real, but also they're 32nd in strength of schedule, according to Sagarin. They have played a very weak schedule and, furthermore, a very weak slate of opposing quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew, Kirk Cousins, Sam Darnold, Nick Foles, they lost to Baker Mayfield, gave up 300 passing yards to Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill over the last three weeks, but Stanford, Stafford threw for over three bills and three touchdowns on him. Jackson, you know, he's not really having the year that we expected. The Ravens offense, not nearly as potent as we anticipated. And for Ryan Tannehill, the Titans have some sort of issue here going on with them as well. So I think, and keep in mind, the look ahead line for this was Packers minus two and a half. Packers struggle with Jacksonville. Colts win comfortably on Thursday night football against the Titans. And this line all of a sudden flips favorites. I don't think that either one of those results necessitated a four-point move in this number. The Packers did have some issues with Jacksonville by the final score. They also badly outgained Jacksonville. And that was a weather game where the wind was howling and whipping around at Lambeau Field. So I'm not going to really let that cloud my judgment here. Green Bay has played the 19th ranked strength of schedule. So there is that. But something that gives me confidence about this game is that it should be a pretty clean game. Neither one of these teams turns the football over a whole lot. So, look, I've got Rodgers inside against a defense that I think could be vulnerable because of who they've played to this point. And I also think, too, that, you know, for the Titans, or for the Colts, excuse me, they've got the Titans on deck again. They do have extra prep here coming off the Thursday night game but they go right back into division with a very important game next week. And I think that, you know, maybe there's a little bit to be said about something of a look-ahead spot here uh, with the Titans on deck as opposed to playing a non-conference opponent. Look, Frank Reich is a great head coach, but I think Matt LaFleur is a pretty decent head coach as well. He's very good with the scripted plays. The Packers have been a very good first-quarter team on his watch. So to me... I think the Packers are playing from in front here. And when they're playing from in front and you force Phillip Rivers into a close game, bad Phillip Rivers shows up. I'll take the Packers here plus one and a half against the Indianapolis Colts. Next up on the board here for me of my very likely picks, and there are there are only two of them on today's show. Number 19 in the Circus Sports Million rotation order, the Vikings are minus seven against the Dallas Cowboys. And the ginger gunslinger is back for the Cowboys in Andy Dalton. But Dalton is not only off of a concussion from that violent, illegal hit that he took, he's also coming off of COVID. And in fact, if you read some of the things that Dalton said, you know, he had a bad case of COVID 
coming off of the concussion. You know, I mean, you think about all that congestion and all the other things, the symptoms that go along with COVID, and you factor in, you know, previous head trauma to that, that seems, you know, pretty bad. So, I mean, this is a guy that really hasn't done a whole hell of a lot over the last three or so weeks, didn't get a lot of reps as the starter for the Cowboys. And the Cowboys here, outside of the offense, which I don't expect to be very efficient, the Cowboys are 28th in DVOA against the run. They're average or so in the pressure department, but Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory both missing practice on Thursday from being sick. Now, I, I shouldn't speculate on this because it's probably a little bit um, you know, irresponsible on my part, but the thing about Miles Garrett is that Miles Garrett missed practice with an illness a couple of days. Seems like he was testing negative for COVID. Then he goes on the COVID list on Friday. So, I don't know if, you know, I I would hope that doesn't become an issue for Lawrence and Gregory, but the fact of the matter is that teams are being very careful with COVID, the associated symptoms, stuff like that. The Cowboys may opt to err on the side of caution with one or both of those guys here. And Kirk Cousins is not a great quarterback by any means, but if you can't pressure him, he's pretty decent. And Dallas is going to have to worry so much about stopping the run in this game that I don't really know if the pass rush gets there anyway. Dallas with a lot of injury concerns over the course of the season. And the Vikings, they can play keep away here. Like I said, the Cowboys 28th in run defense DVOA. They've given up five yards per carry defensively. If the Vikings play keep away, you're asking this Dallas offense to be very efficient with Andy Dalton. And I don't think that they can do that. I know they've got some weapons in the passing game and stuff like that, but Will Dalton get them the football? I don't know. Vikings, good third down defense, despite some of their holes, some of their flaws. If Dallas can't stay on the field, Minnesota just grinds them down in this game. So give me the Vikings here, minus seven, number 19 in the Circus Sports Million rotation order. So the two very likely picks for me here, Packers plus one and a half, Vikings minus seven. Now for the list of leans here, and I did lose one of these leans actually in the lead up to the show because the Saints are going with Taysom Hill. They're number five in the circle rotation order, minus four and a half. I thought Jameis Winston would be an interesting play here to play on the Saints. The Saints defense has turned a corner. I don't think Winston is that big of a downgrade to Drew Brees. And also too, it would have opened up the playbook a little bit for the Saints. But now they're going to start Taysom Hill. And in fact, Sean Payton said there are no packages for Jameis Winston here. So compounding the fact that the Saints do have some injury concerns, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchick, Cam Jordan, Traquan Smith, Malcolm Brown. Now combining that with the fact that Taysom Hill is going to get the start, I actually may like the Falcons a little bit now in this spot. I do think the superstar subtraction theory is in play for the Saints. I do think they play very hard here. I think this defense has turned the corner. Uh, The Falcons do get Calvin Ridley back, and they've actually played pretty well since Raheem Morris took over. I'm just not a Taysom Hill guy. So I would actually lean Falcons in that one, but it's probably a game that ultimately I'll just wind up staying away from at this point in time. So with the actual leans that I do have here, Number three, the Browns, minus three. And here we go again. At least it's three this time instead of three and a half. I've lost twice on the Browns minus three and a half this year. Cody Parkey missed an extra point against the Bengals when they were minus three and a half. And then, of course, Chubb steps out on the one-yard line uh, in the game last week. Here's the thing for me. When I look at these two teams, 
Both defenses grade similarly. The Browns are 20th in pass defense DVOA. The Eagles are 21st. The Eagles are 13th in run DVOA. The Browns are 18th. It's a big factor here against the run because the Browns are trying to run the football now with Nick Chubb back and also Kareem Hunt. But ultimately, these two defenses grade pretty similarly. And when you consider that the Browns play in a much better division, Browns do have a little bit stronger of a strength of schedule. I think these two defenses are pretty comparable. What is not comparable is the offensive difference between these two teams. The Browns are 19th in pass DVOA. The Eagles are 30th. The Browns are a top 10 run offense in DVOA. The Eagles are 15th. And this is an offense first game, as we know. And in fact, this game in particular looks to be an offense first game with a lot of money coming in on the over for this one, uh, over 47 and a half in that range. Whether or not expected to be a factor for this one. And, you know, look, Baker Mayfield throws some terrible interceptions. I am fully aware of that. I understand that Baker has a turnover problem. But Carson Wentz's turnover problem may be worse. Wentz with 12 picks against 12 touchdowns this year. And I know that he's been missing a lot of his skill position guys and stuff like that. But, you know, the Browns don't have to really put this on Baker's shoulders here. And I think that the Eagles defense is overvalued a little bit from a yards per play standpoint because they played a pretty weak slate of opposing offenses. And say what you will about Baker and say what you will about the Browns, but this run offense is absolutely legit. And I think Baker has enough weapons to make enough plays. The Browns are very good at the tight end position now. Those are guys that you can use for mismatches against any team. That's a possibility against the Eagles here as well. The Miles Garrett news is a bummer. I will say that. I probably would have had this on my likely picks list, but I did regress it back to being a lean here without Garrett, not as much of a pass rush against Wentz. We know Wentz has a lot of problems when faced with a pass rush. We'll see if the Browns, you know, the superstar subtraction theory applies to their defense, if they can still drum up some pressure because their back seven is a little bit suspect. But to me, the Browns are the better team. They're the better offense. You could make a case that they're the better defense or at least on par. And in watching a lot of things with the Eagles here, I did play the Eagles last week off the bye against the Giants. I don't think Doug Peterson has this thing going in the right direction. And furthermore, when you think about what the Eagles have done since Frank Reich became the head coach of the Colts, it has been a pretty steady downward trajectory for the Eagles specifically on the offensive side. I just don't think the Eagles are a very good team. And I think the Browns, while you can poke a lot of holes in their resume and poke holes in their strength of schedule and and things like that, they're at least an average team, possibly a little bit above average. I don't really think the Eagles are the same. So Browns minus three on my list of leans here for this week. And again, happy to get three instead of three and a half because I've been cursed with the Browns at three and a half here so far. Next on the list for me, number 12, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're plus 10 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And really, this is nothing more than a spot play. And I bet against the Steelers last week, they rolled the Bengals. Uh, You know, Ben Roethlisberger in COVID protocols throughout the week. Came out, threw a bunch of balls on Friday, played very well on Sunday. Good for him. Congratulations. The Bengals did not play well off the bye. And in fact, we've seen a lot of teams lately not play well off the bye, the Eagles included, last week. 
I think this is a tough spot for Pittsburgh to cover a large number. It's a fairly low total. And they've got the Ravens on deck on Thursday night on Thanksgiving. So this may be the spot that I missed against the Cowboys and then wrongfully played last week with the Bengals, where when we saw Pittsburgh against the Cowboys, they did take that week off. It was clear that they were not fully invested, fully motivated. And maybe that gave them that bounce back mindset against the Bengals last week. And maybe I should have accounted for that this week though. They're being asked with covering double digits on the road against a horrendous Jacksonville team. Baltimore is on deck. And also, too, the thing about the Steelers is, and last week was the exception, and that's what kind of burned me, for the full season, their body of work suggests that they're an average offensive team. They were not an average offensive team last week. Ben played probably his best game of the year against the Bengals. Is that a change going forward that we should expect? I don't really think so. I think maybe not practicing actually did help Ben, you know, especially with some of the injuries that he deals with. Jacksonville is a terrible team, and I fully get that, and I fully understand that. But you're asking an average offense to cover double digits in a quintessential look-ahead spot with the Ravens on deck. They're going on the road trying to do it. If Jacksonville shows up, they hang around in this game. I don't know if they do. I don't know if they don't. I want to read a little bit more on their mindset here going into this one. But Jacksonville plus 10 is on my list here of leans for week 11. Next up, the Miami Dolphins, number 23 in the circuit rotation order. They are three and a half point favorite against the Denver Broncos. And I will say that at the outset, this is the weakest of the leans for me. The hook is kind of cost prohibitive here. If this was three and the push was in play, I'd be more inclined to look a little bit harder at it. But because it's three and a half, because the Dolphins' run defense is not as good as their pass defense, I don't know how much I like this game. Whether or not a factor, which is why I'm kind of considering Miami, and also, too, again, Miami's defense is pretty good, but it's better against the pass than it is against the run. The Broncos should run the football a ton here in this game. Moving clock, like I said, I like the under in this one. I don't know if it's Drew Locke. I don't know if it's Brett Rippon. I don't know if it matters, but you can run on the Dolphins a little bit. And if the Broncos choose to go that route, then they should be okay. Um, And again, I think maybe this price is a little bit high. Maybe it should be three. Uh, But, you know, again, it's one that I wrote about and then realized, you know what, at three and a half, it's kind of a tough sell. So uh, this is the lowest of my leans here, but Dolphins minus three and a half is at least in consideration. And finally here, number 28, the Los Angeles Rams are plus four against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, one of the things about this game is that I like the under. So when I like the under, I naturally gravitate towards the underdog, which in this case is the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I worry a lot about Jared Goff in this game. The Bucs don't get a ton of pressure, but they get a well above average amount of pressure. And we know that Jared Goff in the face of pressure is not very good. Now, I've got some questions about the Bucs here, and they were my only winner last week in their game against Carolina, but they've lost twice to New Orleans. They lost to the Bears on the road. They had massive issues with the Chargers at home. They trailed that game by 17 before getting a gift touchdown before half, and then, of course, winning that game by a touchdown. The Packers' win is really the only unexpected performance from Tampa Bay this season, where they just came out and took it to, they woodshedded the Packers, in that game and for the Packers there in that one you know they were up 10 nothing after the first quarter 
Rodgers throws the pick six in the second quarter. The game basically turns on a dime. And at that point, the, the Buccaneers kind of ran away with that one. But I think that when you look at Tampa Bay here, they're a good bully. I think they will beat and will handle and will take care of their affairs against inferior teams. And I don't think the Rams are that inferior of a team. I know that the Rams are kind of a stars and scrubs unit on defense. I've talked about that before. But the Rams, I mean, they don't have eye-popping stats, but they grade well in DVOA running the football. They take some pressure off of Goff that way. The the Bucks have some pretty significant concerns on the offensive line. Allie Marpet didn't play last week. They shifted a bunch of guys around on the line, and you can do that against Carolina. Can you do that against the Rams and Aaron Donald, who's the most disruptive force in the NFL? I don't really think that's the case. So I kind of like the Rams here in this spot, and maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm trying to get too cute to find some things that I like. But as I said, I do like the under here. I, I do think that the Rams at least have an opportunity to slow down this Buccaneers offense. And if they don't have to play this big shootout type of game, I think it gives them a good opportunity. So Rams plus four, one that I think could make my card here this week. Again, I got to find a way to get to five plays. And if I had to do it right now, I would say that my five play card, the two picks, the Packers and the Vikings, Packers plus one and a half, Vikings minus seven, and the Browns minus three, Jags plus 10, Rams plus four. So if I had to do it right now, that's what I'm kind of looking at. But again, a lot of moving parts here on the COVID front and still a lot of time for me to decide what I want to do before we have to submit our picks to the proxy at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. So uh, hopefully it gives you some food for thought. Again, I wish I had more confidence in the card for this week. But uh, you know, coming off of a tough week, a card that I'm not liking a whole lot, it's a challenge. It's a difficult thing. And again, that's one of the hard parts of these handicapping contests is it doesn't matter if you like five picks or not, you got to find five of them. And some weeks it's easy. Some weeks it's hard. This week, you know, the picture is getting clearer as I kind of talk through and study some things, but, uh, you know, still going to have my fingers crossed and the uh, proverbial butthole puckered here this week for the Circa picks in week 11. Coming up on Monday, we'll talk college football coming out of the weekend, power ratings adjustments, Lines against the market, box score nuggets, all those kinds of things. Tuesday, Brian Blessing. Wednesday, Kyle Hunter. Thursday, Brad Powers. Friday, Circa Picks. Full week of shows on ATS Radio. We will make the adjustments to recording early uh, before we release those podcasts for next week. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, smart, safe weekend. And I will talk to you again on Monday. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.